Hi guys, it's Faith. Welcome back to the podcast. I have a really fun episode for you guys. A while back, I was on a friend of mine, Corlin Hazelwood's podcast, and we had a really fun conversation. I wanted to share it with you guys, and so we're going to go ahead and re-air it here. I hope it has a lot of value for you and you get a lot out of it. If you like this conversation, definitely let us know. Definitely slide into Coraline's DMs. We'll put her social media and her website and all of her info in the show notes. Send me a DM. It really means a lot to me when you guys listen to the podcast and like it. (laughs) I really love hearing your guys' takeaways and what's helpful for you. It also helps me come up with ideas for content. So if there's something you're wanting on the podcast, let me know. But I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Definitely go check out Coraline's stuff. I've known her for a long time. She's a really genius web designer, funnel designer, conversion expert, and she has built her own multiple six-figure business online. So definitely someone to listen to and learn from. She's someone I often go to to bounce ideas off of or to get feedback on ideas. And she has been a tremendous help to me growing my business. And I hope she will be a help to you as well. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. What is up, podcast fam? Welcome back to the Design to Sell podcast. It's usually just me or just Chantel, but we're going to do things a little bit differently today. I have one of my all-time favorite human beings, one of my best friends, someone who I deeply admire for her oh god her work ethic is freaking insane I wish you could see the output that this woman puts out into the world but I've known her for a few years her mindset around business making money um, putting products out there is just unlike anything I've ever witnessed and I want to share her insights and her expertise with you today so I have someone with me today her name is Faith Mariah those of you guys who follow me on Instagram um, probably know of her probably following her I talk about her all the time Um, but I'm super excited to have her here with me today it took us like 20 minutes to get set up for this but we're finally here (laughs) listen I did it we're here we're ready I'm actually super excited because you just made a big move. Tell us what, where you are right now. We're in Asheville, North Carolina. So my partner, Matt, and I have had a goal. We've probably been working towards this over a year, probably the last 14 months. We've been getting our life set up to be able to work remotely and travel full time. And so there was a lot of things we had to get in order just to be able to leave our house and he had to get a whole remote position, a different job. And we had to get my business kind of set up and we're here. We just got here like two days ago. (laughs) So this is my first time using the computer since we moved. So I was getting my mic and everything set up. (laughs) I love that. I feel like you and I have had so many conversations about like the actual big vision and dream of working from anywhere and like the ultimate freedom life and to see you having made some of the big moves that you did this year getting your guys investment property like doing all that stuff it was just like dang she's crushing it she's doing so well really awesome I'm really excited but I'll be honest with you I did just tell the community this the other day it looks I'm sure really great on Instagram like my business is up and growing which is obviously great and we bought an investment property, which was really awesome and a really great location. And we're like traveling, but there's been a lot behind the scenes that have been very, very difficult, which I think is always interesting, right? Because it's like, you get this moment in your life that you've waited and 
kind of been obsessing over for so long and it's like it's here but then there's been difficult things in my personal life we've had family health issues we had to put my family dog down right before we left we had a lot of stuff happen with the property that was unexpected and so I'll just offer to you guys you guys see people on Instagram traveling around and it is awesome and I am very very thankful but you're still having a human experience, right? So it's like, yeah, you're winning and you're getting the things and it's, that is awesome. But there's always duality. So there's still tragedy. I have clinical depression. So there's still mental health stuff. There's still my relationship to maintain. There's still customer service stuff and issues in the business. Like all of that still exists. And I think sometimes when we see things on social media, it looks like, oh, like she's just winning and she's just like skipping around. (laughs) And so I just think it's important that people know like that's normal, right? And and I yeah. think that's always going to be the case in business. It's like, yeah, you're going to win and you're going to get things and you're still going to have struggle. You're still going to have challenges. You're still going to have negative feelings. You're still going to feel embarrassed or failure or disappointment. You're going to have all of those experiences at the same time. So there's never a goal you hit where there's not duality. And I think that's important just to normalize for business owners. Yeah, I think the duality is something that a lot of people forget. And I think a lot of people don't realize, too, that it often comes with the big win. Like the higher the high, like the more the it's not even a low. It's almost like a balancing out where you're like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm still me. I'm still human. I'm still human being. It's more like a humbling thing. It's like, yes, you get the big win, but also life still happens and things still go. And like, I think I had that last year when I went to Thailand where like it probably looked great. (laughs) It did look great. I was like, damn, like she's having the best time. But I also was having conversations with you behind the scenes where like I knew I didn't, we didn't have a big debrief till you got back, but I knew like things were, there were issues. There were things happening. Because I think it's so easy as well to look at Instagram and to look at TikTok and see these people traveling. And like you said, just think like, oh, everything's hunky dory. And it's so funny that like, even though I understand the duality piece and I, and I've experienced that so many times, there was a part of my brain that was like, I'm going to go to Thailand and life is going to be freaking amazing and everything's going to be, you know? And then it was just, the universe is laughing at me like, (laughs) Yeah, I did this with money for a long time. And, and even if you guys don't want to travel or work remote, most online business owners do it with money, right? So for a long time, I was like, I knew making more money wouldn't make me feel better, right? Because I am a mindset expert, and I've studied psychology and sociology for decades now, right? So I knew it wouldn't make me feel better. But there was still part of my brain that was like, but if we were making $10,000 a month, though, we would feel a little better. (laughs) Like, like it would be a little better, though, right? And then I got to $10,000. And I was like, but like 20,000 would probably really like, it would probably feel better. Like I, a little bit, like there was part of my brain that was like, no, no, it, it, it probably is better though over it's there. It's probably right? a little bit better over there, you know? Like, <laughs> Yeah. And it's just like, you know, that I'm saying new level, new level, new devil. It's really true. So yeah, you're even when you get to $10,000 a month, you have like bigger problems. You have more responsibility. Your fuck-ups have more consequences. <laughs> I always tell the baby entrepreneurs, I'm like, you guys can do anything, right? And people are so scared to make a move because they're like, they're like, should I do this? Should I do that? Should I do this? I'm like, you should do whatever you want. Like, 
if I try something and it doesn't work, it could cost me like $20,000. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you could just do anything. Right. And I'm like, you don't have to plan to get your team on board. You don't have to plan like the revenue and like making up the margins and paying your people. You just get to do whatever you want. I'm like, that is amazing. <laughs> I know. I had a conversation with a coaching client the other day and she was like, I'm so frustrated by this phase. Like things aren't going. And I'm like, no, this is the best phase. You get to try every single idea. The stakes that are bring. so low. The stakes are so low. I'm like, the <laughs> only thing you're risking is like feeling disappointment usually. So if you could get your brain on board with like, I'm willing to feel failure and I'm willing to feel disappointment. I just did a whole call on my community about this, where I was having them practice feeling failure in their body and telling their brain, like I'm safe and I'm good. And like feeling disappointment in your body and telling yourself I'm safe and I'm good and getting your brain on board with like, it's not a problem for me to feel disappointment. It's normal and it's totally fine. And I think like risk being disappointment, like risk feeling disappointment, risk feeling failure, go for all of it. The stakes are so low when you're starting, like just make a lot of moves and make them fast. And that'll give you some momentum and get you unstuck. That's always my advice to new business owners. Yeah. I love it. I, I feel like we have very similar mentality and mindset. And it was such a challenging lesson for me to realize that I was no longer in that phase because I was still making those changes and like doing all the things. And I was like, oh, this oh, has yeah, no consequences. Too. And then three months later, you're like, oh, there are the consequences of my own actions coming at me. hard. Okay. <laughs> I'm the problem. It's me. <laughs> it's me. Hi. I did that to myself. Okay. We can't move the same way in business anymore. Um, with that being said though, because you're clearly not an entry-level entrepreneur anymore, I do want to do kind of like a business rapid fire just to give people kind of like a bird's eye view of you, your business, kind of where your business is at, where you started, how long you've been in business, your revenue model, all that kind of fun stuff. Um, so how long have you been building this version of your business? I think this version, so I coach online business, right? But I didn't start as a business coach. I had a mental health blog that I made full-time income from. And then people were coming to me asking questions about it all the time, like asking like how we were making money and how they could make more money and asking for help. And so I kind of grew a community where I was just helping people with, I love business and marketing and mindset. So I had a Facebook group where I was just coaching people for free. I think that's when I met you. And yep. I was just answering questions. It, it really like, I never imagined that I would be able to match my income that I had with the mental health site with the business coaching. That just seemed like, I don't even know. It didn't even seem like something I was considering or even possible, but it all kind of took off rapidly after that. And now I have a business coaching membership site that has, I think over 230 active members in it right now. We do probably around 230, 240,000 of revenue a year from that offer. It's 97 a month or 9.97 for the year. I really don't sell any high ticket anymore. Every once in a while I'll run like a small group, but it's not a significant revenue stream for us. The revenue stream is really from the mastermind, the membership site that I have. And I find it really interesting too, because so many people come to me and, you know, their core idea is like a low ticket membership. You're at nine, nine, $97 a month. So I would say that's not even really low ticket. It's kind of like mid, mid ticket. I don't know. Um, it's like, but it is low ticket for what we provide, right? Because yeah. we provide a very high level of business coaching and we provide 
probably over five live calls every single week, an entire curriculum, uh, challenges, a Facebook group. And so, you know, it, it slow ticket for the services that we provide, I would say it's a very labor intensive offer for that price point, for sure. It costs a lot of money to run. It takes a lot of time to run. Yeah, I know. I am always astounded because obviously guys, if you follow Faith on Instagram, um, every week she does this uh, Instagram story of like this week in the mastermind. And I'm always like, dang. <laughs> yeah, we have over five live calls every single week in a, in addition. I mean, we do co-working, we do business retreats, we do coaching calls, we do tons of stuff. We do workshops, we do trainings, all that stuff, all live every week. I think your perspective on that side of things and like why you went that route is super unique too. Like one of the things I always hear you say is like, you want to like over deliver from a value perspective so that the offer like is kind of like a no brainer. Whereas I think most people when they're first starting out, they try and do the exact opposite. Yeah. I mean, I see both things, right? I see women that like underprice themselves and are working their butts off and like not being fairly compensated and working themselves in the ground. You know, I think women are socially conditioned to do free labor and to work for free and to undervalue their labor. And then I see people that just want the $10,000 months and they're putting together these really high ticket packages and, you know, I've been coaching for a long time now, and I've spent a lot of time and energy learning how to be a good coach, learning best business practices, learning systems that work for people. And I still don't charge, I wouldn't charge $10,000 for a coaching package, right? Even after coaching hundreds of people, I would say I probably have thousands of hours of, of coaching under my belt at this point. And I think it's interesting, you know, I'm always thinking if I were going to charge someone $10,000, I would have to know that they can get the ROI on that multiplied very consistently, not for like one client once in a while for everybody that pays me um, with exceptions of, you know, somebody just doesn't show up and do the work or something. But it's like, I would have to know that if they paid me that money, they're going to make that plus more to get an ROI and have a good investment, right? And I'm a business coach, so I'm teaching people to invest strategically. And one of the things I teach people to look at is looking at, are you going to get the ROI on that investment? And that's not just making your money back. It's like, you need to be making more than that, mm -hmm. right. As a, as a business person. Yeah. I think, you know, that comes down to like integrity as well. And I think that's kind of gone out the window in some areas of this industry. Um, but you do have a very unique perspective on investing. And I know you've made some good investments. I know you've made some investments that you're not super happy about, but that I'm sure you still learn from. So like as a whole, how do you look at investing for like your own business and like anybody who's listening, maybe they haven't made an investment in their business yet, or maybe they're considering an investment. Like what would be the thing that you would tell them? Well, this is how I kind of look at it. And what happened for me is that I invested in programs kind of around 700 a thousand two thousand even a couple three thousand dollar programs and I always got really good ROI on them so for me where I was with my business I was able to learn the things in them put them into practice implement them make that investment back plus more right great like that's what you want right that's like the dream and so it was a really easy leap in my mind I started seeing like a lot of people advertising like high-end masterminds right and the things that they were saying was like you know you're gonna invest more but you're gonna get a higher ROI and like yeah it's twenty thousand dollars but you're gonna learn how to make you know a million and learn really? the systems to scale and all this stuff 
And I just found like, you know, and I did a few of them. So that's a pretty penny to spend for sure. I spent probably upward of like 70,000 one year on coaching. And my, I thought was like, oh yeah, this is like, this is the lever, right? You put the money into the coaching, into the investment, into the education, and you get that money back out plus more. That had always worked for me. It was a very easy leap for me to make in my brain, but I did not see the ROI in those investments. What I saw was like the ROI was significantly lower the more money I was paying. I was actually getting less attention from coaches, less help, less strategy. And it was kind of this idea of like, you have to be resourceful. And I'm like, well, why am I paying you like $20,000? And like, (laughs) I didn't see like the return at the same rate. And so, you know, I've talked about this with some other coaches. I think it's the investing in education is a strategy that works kind of until it doesn't. Right. And I think that that's true with most strategies in business. Right. So right now we're doing live events to lead gen for my business and it's working really well. And so when I find something that works well, we crank that lever all the way down because I want to know how far can I take it? Like if we do one every month, is it going to be profitable? If I do it one every week, is it going to be profitable? But there's going to be a point where we stop seeing the ROI at such a high point, right? So right now we've been doing, I think, two a quarter. We're going to start adding more, but I know there's going to be a point where it's like, oh, like we're doing too many of them. We're not getting as much profit out anymore, but I want to know where that line is, right? So I'm always testing. And that's how I kind of look at investing in the courses too. It's like, I got the ROI until I kind of hit this line where it was like, there's no magic strategy. I'm sorry. That's going to take you from you know, $20,000 months to $100,000 months. I just haven't seen it in the stuff that I was doing. Yeah, I think a lot of people end up like in a spot and like this was definitely me and I I, I made a very similar, I don't call it a mistake because I learned a lot from like investing in a higher level container and having like not seeing the ROI. But I was in a very similar position where I was like investing in these smaller programs, these smaller courses that were very skills based, kind of gave you like start to finish, developed a skill. And when you implement that, yeah, you see the result in your business and usually in like a two to three months time frame as well. Like it's a shorter period of time that you end up kind of seeing that result. And then the implementation of it over time increases your revenue. But I kind of was at this place where we were kind of like plateaued around that 30,000 a month mark. And I thought, oh, in order for me to get to that 100,000 a month mark, what I need to do is invest in one of these higher level containers because I'm missing something. There's a missing piece. And I think I probably invested in two or three of them last year. I spent around 40,000 on coaching last year, which is the most I personally have ever spent. I usually cap myself at like 10 grand a year um, that I get to like invest in other things. And I did not see, not only did I not see ROI, but the confusion that it left me with actually had the opposite impact in my business. And I think in hindsight, you're right. There's a line where it's like, once you have a strategy that's working for you, the only thing you can do is continue to do that strategy and try to either put more people through the strategy or increase the number of times that you're using that strategy to get more volume out. There isn't like another magical thing that you're missing. And yeah. it's so- or just getting your skills up by the repetition of it too. But exactly. that takes like, that's kind of like doing the reps at the gym, right? It's like really kind of like time to just go in and do the reps. And yeah, somebody might be able to maybe change your technique you're doing in the gym a little bit, 
But at the end of the day, the real difference is like, are you in there doing the amount of reps you need to be doing day after day after day after day? And that's like really what I I see. The other thing I'll say about investing too, that I talk about a lot is like, I really, I really try to mitigate risk. And so what I want people to understand is like, when I talk about investing 70,000 into the business, that's not a decision that's made lightly. It's not a go all in, believe in yourself, put it all on the table kind of fucking decision. And all of my, all of my moves I make are very strategic. And anytime you're investing, you should really try to mitigate risk, meaning you need to look at that investment and be like, can I afford to take that hit? And I would never put my business or my financial well-being or my like mental health, frankly, like losing an amount of money that you actually can't afford to lose is like detrimental, I think, to people's mental health, to their financial health um, and just their quality of life. And so you need to look at, can you afford to take that hit? Right. And it's like, I never invest money in anything in real estate. We've just bought an investment property. Right. I'm like looking at that and I want to know what is the risk? What is the chance we'll get the money out? What's the chance I lose the money? What happens if we lose the money? What will we do if that property is not profitable? How much money would we actually probably potentially lose if the market goes down and we can't rent it out for the mortgage? Like I play all that stuff out. And so I think there's also a lot of really terrible, like frankly, horrific, irresponsible investment advice that is being told to women in the online coaching space that goes something like, oh, go all in on yourself. And like, you got to like put it all on the line and that's how you up level. And I just think that is complete bullshit. And if anybody is saying anything like that to you, I just like urge you to like run away as fast as possible. That is terrible business advice. No real business marketing person would ever advise someone to risk the financial health of their business. Like you need to be investing in proportion to your profit margins, right? So yeah, I invested a $20,000 mastermind. I had a business making over $200,000, a lot of it profit, right? So that's a different thing than somebody just starting out and putting 10, 20 grand down on one of these programs that have never made any money. Yeah, it, it blows my mind, quite frankly. And I equate it a little bit to gambling. Like, to me, it's honestly, because sometimes people put, and like, I, I get horrified and like genuinely mortified when I see these stories too, of like, um, you know, people spending like their life savings on these big programs or like $50,000 a year for a coach. And like, there's no guarantee on investment. There's no kind of sh- backend strategy that's there supporting it. And I think it's gambling. Honestly, I think it's another form of a ga- of gambling. And I see this a lot too. And I love that you don't necessarily do this in your business where there are, um, it's one of the reasons why I don't personally do this, but there's like a, a lot of launch models and there's no right or wrong way to do this guys. And if this model works for you, like run with it, this is just my kind of perspective, but there's a lot of business models where it's like a new product every single month like a new offer, a new course, a new mastermind, a new this, there's always something new to buy. There's always something new to invest in. And it plays on your dopamine cycle. Like it's an addiction thing. And what I find really interesting is I actually like studied a couple of these businesses for a little while and actually fell for it as well. Like bought into a couple of these like investment practices. And what I found really interesting is like about halfway through the container that you purchase, they sell you something new. So like the moment you're in a high, 
they, there's a new sale, there's a new opportunity, there's a new way to invest, whether that's like up leveling the existing container with additional support or getting in early for the next one. And that in and of itself plays on like our, our addiction cycles. And it's, it's a weird thing to watch and to witness. It makes me feel very strange about this industry, but I also love that, you know, there are people out there doing it differently. And it's not to say that they're not doing it in integrity. I'm sure they feel amazing about their business and I'm sure they're doing incredible work. And I'm sure some people get results, but I don't think that it helps the majority of people who are investing. Yeah, and I just think too, like that model, we wouldn't be able to deliver the kind of service we deliver. I've been working on the same offer and I know you, we have similar business models in that way, but I'm really proud of what we have in the mastermind. I've spent three years redoing the curriculum, redoing yep. what we offer, remaking the, doing the onboarding, like just making all of it as good as I can, like adding bonuses, adding things that we're missing and like really studying where are people getting stuck? What am I seeing people ask on the coaching calls, coming up with solutions, adding to that curriculum, redoing the things that aren't, aren't working. Or maybe I look at things from three years ago and I'm like, I don't like how I taught that. Let me redo it. And I just don't think I could offer that level of delivery, that level of service, if we were just making a different offer every single month. I think that the what is going to set the business apart and allow me to scale is the level of service that we deliver to people when they join the offer. And I'm just really proud of it. I love selling it. I get excited when people join. Um, and I think it's a really, really, really good offer. And I just don't think, I think of like the first version of it and I'm like, God, it was like nowhere close to where we are. And so if you're making something new all the time, it's kind of like, you're never really giving yourself a chance to refine it. You're never really looking at people's results and evaluating what did we miss? What do they need additionally? What do we need to add here? How can we get them better results? If you're just turning around and making something new to sell all the time. And that's my opinion, right? I mean, yeah. I think there's different models that work for different people, certainly. And there's certainly a lot of people that are very, very skilled at what you're doing, but there are problems in this industry. And like you're saying, there are people that straight up are scamming people in the space, promising them $10,000 months, $20,000 months, all of these like insane claims that people are gambling. They're like, oh, well, maybe if I buy this, I'll like hit it big. And yeah, I'm putting it on a credit card, but they're taking the risk of like, but maybe I'll like pay it all off and it's all gonna like hit and it's all gonna make it. And it is like gambling in the sense of like people that are addicted to gambling. If you go in and you're just like, I don't know what are gambling things, like playing slot machines, right? But now you've fucking spent your mortgage and you've spent like money you need and it's like you're in too deep. It's like you can't walk away. And so then they're like, well, I'm going to hit it big and then I'll make all that money back and it won't matter. And so they keep playing, keep playing, keep playing. And that's what I see people. The cycle I think that is very dangerous that I've seen people get into with these courses. Yeah. And there's a, there's a pressure element too. And like, I want your perspective on this from like a mindset side of things as well, because I think that also creates this unnecessary pressure on the business to produce money to, and I just don't feel like you as your best self can come through when you're in that much pressure. Like, I think a lot of, one of the questions I get asked all the times, and, I, and I'm curious if you get asked this as well, but people always ask me like, should I quit my job? Like if I quit my job, am I going to all of a sudden just like be more motivated to like do the thing? And I'm like, first of all, I can't tell you that. Like you have to look at who you are and your strengths and your weaknesses, but nine times out of 10, the answer is no, because it's not usually more time 
that generates more revenue. It's like doing, you know, the right things, quote unquote, for you and your business and like finding a strategy that works for you. And that doesn't necessarily mean that more time is going to save you or like you need to go all in in that way. I think it actually puts more pressure on the business to perform faster. And as a result of that, you show up in not inauthentically, but just not how you normally would because you need to make income and like you need to make money. And I don't I think find there's, that abusive. Yeah. I think there's a false link people have in their brain about results and time, which is from an employee mindset, right? So in a nine to five job, you put in so many hours and you get so much money out. And we're really taught that our entire life. The entrepreneurship doesn't work like that. There's lots of people that make no fucking money that work all of the time. You and I both have those seasons, right? Where you're just like working, working, working. You're not making fucking anything. You're like doing like a billion things and like making no money. Right. And then there's people that barely work at all that have a lot of leverage and a team and resources and they make tons of money. And so there's no link in entrepreneurship between time and money. And that idea of like, I'm going to quit my job and I'll have more time and then I'll make more money. It's still that to me just signals you don't understand how this shit works at all. Like you're still in an employee mindset. That's always like a red flag to me that you don't understand that. And then the other thing I'll say is, I've seen a lot of people quit their jobs and they have this idea of like, oh, and then I'll be able to do this and I'll be able to do that. And I'm going to do all these things in the business. Right. But people really produce at the level they produce at. They don't produce in like the amount of time that they have. Right. And so you've really got to look and be honest with yourself about, do you maximize the time you already have? Like, and And are you actually being efficient? Are you actually creating systems that get results? Are you actually able to create a system and make money with it? Because if you don't have those skills, adding more time is not going to get you more results. It's just going to create more of you wasting your time. And so what I see is like people quit their job and they produce the exact same results they already had when they had the job and they produce the exact same amount of content, the exact same quality of content. And they have the exact same lack of systems in place to make money because they don't understand how to use that leverage. And so just adding more time kind of when you don't really have a good system for making money already is not a good place to be. I think a good place to quit your business is like when you are like you have something working and you're like, if I had more time, I could get us to this money. And it's very clear when you're at that point. It's fucking obvious. Right. And the other question I would ask people is like, if you were to spend X amount of money on a VA a week. This is how you know you have a system that makes money, right? It's like, if I just had, if I hired a VA, I put them in this spot, I'm going to get more money out of the business and I know it will pay for the VA. If you don't feel like that, giving yourself more hours is not going to make you more money, right? You don't have the system in place. You don't have a business that isn't ready to make more money and adding more time um, is, is not not going to help you. You've got to like get the skills that you need. You've got to get the experience in business. Most people need practice. They need a lead gen system that works that they're doing consistently. They need practice doing sales. They need practice doing marketing. I think the market is a lot more sophisticated now than it was five years ago. I still think there's a lot of opportunity, but, but most people greatly underestimate, greatly underestimate the amount of time that it's going to take to build their business that we're bad at estimating time. I say all the time, I'm like, how many times do you try to plan your day? And you're like, oh, for sure. I'm going to do these thousand things today. 
and that's just one day. We think we're going to estimate the timeline of like how long it's going to take us to build a business when we've never built one. It's like, yep. you're not, you're not going to get the timeline wrong. It's going to take longer than you think. It's going to cost more money than you think to get the thing up and running. And you're going to yep. need way more skills than you think you need. And you're going to need to be way better at them than you think. And to me, when we're talking about like strategic investing, I like to be strategically pessimist, pessimistic in the business. And so every move I make, I just assume it's going to be fucking harder than I think. It's going to take way fucking longer and it's going to cost us more money. And then I look at the thing and I evaluate with that in mind. And then I make a decision if I want to do it. And then if a launch or something goes sideways or we don't get the result right away, I'm not surprised, right? I'm like, oh yeah, this is how business goes. Things take longer than you think. It's harder than I, it's harder than I thought. And like, oh yeah, this is what I signed up for. Nothing's gone wrong here. This is just the game we're in, right? And yep. a lot of people have a lot of drama about that when they get the timeline wrong or they realize they need a higher level of skills or they're realizing they don't have enough skills or enough practice to make sales on a launch. And then it's like, oh my God, I suck. I can't do it. I'm the worst. I can't, don't know what I'm doing. This is horrible. It's never going to happen. And all of that is just like a total waste of your time. What I try to coach people is it's like cutting all that drama out be disappointed about the launch, but like the faster you can get back in the game and get your head right, the faster you'll get the results that you want. Yeah. And I, I love that you're talking about this because I feel like I harp on this all the time and it's just like in a sea of sexy, high income months and like bougie trips, like saying that you need skills to build a business and you need systems and like more time isn't going to save you. And like, if the things that you're already doing aren't working, doing more of them is not going to be the fucking solution. It's such an unsexy thing to say in this industry, but it needs to be said. And I think, I think people would have like way more realistic expectations of what they can accomplish and how fast they can accomplish it. If we were a little bit more honest about that, like I try and tell people all the time, like, the only reason our business has gotten to this level is because I had these skills. Like I went to school for marketing. Like I have a background in business. Like I studied PR. I worked in digital media for years before I did this. Like that's the only reason. Well, one of the only reasons I think why the business has grown as quickly as it has is because I had those foundational skills. And if you don't have that, the likeliness of you seeing a similar trajectory to me are more like luck and more like gambling than just, you know, good business. Like it just doesn't happen that way. There are hard skills that you need to have in place in order to make this work. And I think if we were more honest about that, less people would probably start businesses to be Well, honest. they get weeded out, right? I had this conversation yeah. recently. Somebody came on a call and she's like, I feel like this is like all a scam. Like, I feel like there's no real opportunity. All these people are selling yeah. all this stuff. And I just told her like, look, like the barrier of entry for an online business is so low. And that means literally anyone technically with a fucking internet connection and a phone can try to have an online business, right? And that means there's going to be a very high failure rate right? Those yep. people are not, they're just trying to make quick money and then they realize that it doesn't work and then they fail. But I'm always like, there's, there's very little room right now for people at the bottom. So if you're going to have a half-assed program, a product that you have not developed, if you're not going to develop your skills, like besides the marketing skills, the other thing is like, you have to be fucking good at what you do. Like yep. you need to be able to get people results and get the results consistently. And that is hard. It is not yep. easy. Right. And you need to be an expert at what you do, not just like have a little bit of knowledge about something, but that's just not going to cut it anymore. Right. And there's very, very 
it's very cluttered at the bottom where people are putting out half-assed products, throwing things up, trying to sell them, not figuring out their marketing, not putting time into developing their strategies, not putting time into developing their program. That space is cluttered. The space of like being an expert at being good at what you do, at creating a strategy that works for your clients that is rep like you're able to replicate that's able to get results where you're good at marketing where you're good at communicating where you're good at your systems and leading your team like there's still lots of space for people in that space i think i think people are trying to get into that like little cluttered pond and i'm like you just don't want to be there you want to be an expert you want to be the best right and so i've always just had this obsession and I'm very competitive. So like, I've always just wanted to have the best offer. Yeah. And I'm in a space where there's a million fucking business coaches, everyone and their mom is teaching people how to make money online, right? At one point, it was a very profitable space to be in. I, I don't ever advise anybody go into like B2B right now, because I'm just like, it is ruthless out here. But yeah. I've always just been obsessed with like, I'm going to be the best, I'm going to be the top of this industry, right? And I think that kind of mindset is where you want to be, where you're like, whatever you're doing, whatever space you're in, how do I get to the top? How do I become the person? How do I become better than whoever is at the top? And I'm always looking at the people that are winning in the space. And I'm like, how do I make my offer better than theirs? How do I make my free stuff better than theirs, right? I'm always like, I want our free events and the free things we do to be better than most courses people are charging 300 bucks for like and and that's always been my obsession. And I think if you're willing to get in that mindset, then you can win. But coming in here being like, I want passive income. I was talking to someone brand new the other day. She's like, how do I make passive income with a course? And I was like, you don't. <laughs> it doesn't exist. Um, I was Welcome. nice to her, but I, in my mind, I was thinking, you, this is not for, for you. You need to go sit down. Like you've been sold something that doesn't exist. It's not real. Yeah, it's right? not real. Yeah, there's so much work that goes in behind the scenes on, you know, freaking passive income. And I harp this, I will harp this till the day I die. Like it really doesn't exist. Like I think too, even having conversations with you around like your investment property that you just got, like a lot of people think, oh, I'm going to buy this investment property. We're going to Airbnb it and it's going to be passive income. But like, there's so much work. You guys are doing renovations. You have to, you know, list it and talk to people and send codes and like make sure it's booked out and do the advertising and take photos. Like there is, like, you do not get anything in this world without putting in any kind of effort. And I absolutely love your perspective because this is driving me absolutely fucking bonkers. But I absolutely love your perspective on like having the best free thing, like over delivering so much value in your free offers that like you genuinely just annihilate the competition in that way because there's so much trust that's built in value and I think so many people want to go out there and they want to charge $55 for a one-hour masterclass right at the beginning of their business because I always tell them like it's actually a scarcity thing that you're doing. Like if you knew that what you were doing was going to blow up and it was going to be big, like, would you care about receiving $55 for this one hour of your time where you're teaching people how to breathe? Probably not. Like, probably not. Like if you think about your biggest business vision, do you care about charging for this thing at this moment in time? The answer is usually no. And we're so like, I, I, I did this a lot. I did this a lot in the last couple of years where I made a lot of decisions in my business from this place of like not enoughness and it never serves you or your client ever. Yeah. Ever. And so I love I that. See, I see a lot of people that get frustrated because they're like, I know my offer is good. Nobody's buying it. Where, 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 right. 
yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I just have like no tolerance for that stuff. Cause I'm like, I've worked my ass off and I'm like, I just don't feel bad that you did one launch and it didn't work. It didn't I'm like, work. I'm like, yeah, welcome to the game. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah, that, that sounds tracks to me. Right. It's like, I don't know anybody that's making multiple six figures that hasn't gotten knocked around and failed and had things not work and had launches flop. I'm like, yeah, welcome to the, to the game. Like, This is what it is. Right. And I just think, I just never expect people to see my offer and just know and believe it's good. I It's my job to prove it to them, yeah. right? I never expect people to look at my sales page and think, oh, she can help me. I know I can get you results and I know I'm good at what I do. And I'm like, and you don't have to take my word for it. I'll fucking prove it to you. I'll do it right in front of your face at our three-day events that we do, right? And so I do entire three-day live events, oftentimes with multiple hours of training, like, like coaching Q and A's, like we're talking about all when all is said and done, probably 10 hours of really, really quality content that we give away for free. That's just one launch. Right. And I don't think you necessarily have to take it to that level, but I think people really, you need to be in the headspace of like, why are you putting it on, on your people? to believe you can help them. It's your job to prove it to them. And I'm always yeah. like, whatever you're charging, like you need to get them that level of results for free ahead of time. You have to get people results, results, actual results, get them to actually do something and actually help them actually make a move. It's hard to do in a free container, but that's how good you need to be, right? To me, I've always heard people say like, oh, the free stuff, people don't take it seriously. People don't value it. And I've just been like, bullshit. Like I'm going to figure it out. Like I'm a coach. Like, what do you mean? Like, I'm just not going to let myself off the hook like that. Right. Of like, Oh, they don't, they're not going to value it and they're not going to get results. I would never think that first of all, about my community. I would never think that about my level of teaching and my level of coaching. Right. I go into an event and I'm like, I'm going to help them with their business. I'm going to help them make money. I'm going to help them take the first step to making money. I'm going to help them get whatever it is we're doing. We're doing one about like marketing coming up. Like they're, going to make their actual content plan and actually implement it right and I'm always like they'll either buy the offer at the launch they'll buy in the future or they'll send someone to me and yeah. that's how we've grown we grew completely by networking with basically no social media lead gen we we're not doing the live events we just started doing that this last year the first two years we grew to multiple six figures by word of mouth by networking and I think that that is like, I'm like, if you can't get that kind of results where people are going out and sending people back to you, it's going to be hard because leads are expensive now. <laughs> and they're are, hard to get and they're expensive. <laughs> I I did a TikTok a couple of weeks ago and I got a bunch of backlash, but I essentially said like, if you have a product out there and people are not taking it and then sending people your way, whether it's a free product or a paid product, like your product isn't fucking good enough. You're not good at what you do. And I got so much backlash on that of people being like, that's not true. Like all these things. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like if something is good and you genuinely help someone, you genuinely change their life, they will want to talk about you. They will want to share your product. And if that's not happening, that's a major indicator that like, you have skills to learn where you need to change the way that you're delivering your thing so that you can get more value out of it. And as a business owner, especially somebody who wants to create a coach or a membership or any or course or a membership or any type of coaching product, like that's part of your job now. Like your job isn't just to show up and talk about mental health or to show up and talk about relationships. Like 
your job is now to develop marketing skills. It's to learn how to be a better implementer. It's to learn how to get people results. Like that is part of the job. It is not just this, like so many people are like, I just want to do the one thing that I'm good at. And I'm like, don't run a business then get a job. (laughs) Yeah. You have to be like constantly learning new things and developing new skills, but just be careful with that kind of thinking, right? Because I just think this whole idea of like, oh, well, the free stuff, people don't value, people don't get results, blah, 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 low value. I've heard people say like, oh, low ticket offers, like they don't, people don't value them, people don't get results. I'm like, do not let yourself off the fucking hook that easy. I'm like, think about if you have a $50 offer, think about if nobody's finishing it, did I do everything I could do? to make sure that they finished it. Maybe you need to do live calls, like co-working stuff. Maybe you need to send automated emails to them. Maybe you need, did you send reminders? Are you doing events? Like a lot of people just like, you know, they, they're like, Oh, I did my part. They have the workshop. Now it's all on them to get the result. And that to me is like that business model. I don't think is going to last. I think all the people doing that are going to get weeded out hopefully by it people that are really committed to getting people results, right? Maybe if people aren't using your product, you should get on the, on a call with some of them and ask them why, why didn't they use it? Maybe it's overwhelming. Maybe they need a checklist. Maybe you need better onboarding. Maybe you need, like I'm saying, like to send them a reminder that they even bought the product. Maybe you need to break it up into smaller chunks. Maybe you need to do a challenge. Like there are solutions to this to just be like, Oh, it's a $50 offer and people don't value low ticket things or, Oh, it's a free challenge. So they just don't finish it. It's like your, there's no solutions in that line of thinking, right? All you're doing is like baking in mediocre results for your people. And that's going to make it hard to scale because people aren't going to be sending people your way. They're not going to be wanting to buy your next thing. They're not going to be wanting to come to your next event. No, absolutely not. And I always say like the number one thing that you have is your client experience. Like if you don't have that, if you're not focused on developing your client experience to the best of your ability, like your business will struggle. And it's, it's not hard things. It's sending emails. It's like, you know, in design to scale, we have the messy action a thon. It's like a quarterly challenge where they track their points and they get awarded for doing certain business building activities. And it's having co-working sessions. And like, yeah, like one of the things that we learned in design to scale is all of our calls, all of our trainings were like 45 minutes long. And I just, same thing. Like I just point blank ask, like, why aren't you people watching this? Like, why are you, it's so good. And they're like, I don't have that attention span. So like now all of our videos are under 20 minutes. We have the speed options on there. We added the captions recently. We put timestamps in so people can skim. Like there's so many things that you guys can do. Like if you truly believe in your product, if you truly believe in your service and your job is to make that thing as best as you possibly can so that people actually get to take it. Right. Because if we do believe that like selling is service, which I believe fully, you have to have a product that actually delivers something in order for that to be true. Otherwise, selling is scamming. It's like, it's, it's yeah. So and here's the thing I'll add too is like, you guys, if you guys are hearing this, right. And you're like, oh, I need to like add some support to like my offer. I have an offer, like nobody's finishing. And I, I sell and then abandon people when they buy my workshop. Like I have a workshop, like, right. And you're thinking all that stuff. Don't go Googling and researching and trying to find a course or trying to like get someone to teach you go into your brain and problem solve. So look at that. I know you're really big on data. So I might look at the data. Where are people falling off? How many people have bought? How many people have finished? And then you set up the problem in your brain about how could I increase this? 
by 5%? How could I get 10% people to watch this next module? How could I get people, more people to the end? How can I get people, what are the most important steps? How can I get more people to do this one step? And put your brain to work. Go into your own brain. All of the solutions for your business have to come from your brain. So don't go looking and start binging on YouTube and Googling around and DMing for Alin or going in Facebook groups and asking people in there. Go into your brain, sit and look at your data and problem solve like with your brain. It's the best. I'm not saying that in a condescending way. I mean, like the solutions are in your brain and we're taught because people are, are, I think in this gambling addiction cycle, right. Of like looking for courses, buying more things, hiring more people all the time. They're kind of taught and fed on this cycle of like, I need someone to tell me how to get results. Like, Oh, I have to go learn now how to get, it's like, no, (laughs) you need to learn how to find solutions in your brain for your business. (laughs) Like that's what entrepreneurship is. I did a post about this yesterday and it was just like, you know, the answer that you seek or like the missing piece, it's not in a coach and it's not in a course, it's in yourself. Like it is, it is working within you. And I think in a world where a lot of us are validated by the world around us, a lot of us are taught to look outside of us for the answers, ask your teacher for support, get graded on this thing. Like that's the default mode. And part of being a business owner is switching to that internal compass versus that external compass. But like, your data too, like, I love that you talked about data, like your data in your business is your business's internal compass. Like it has all the answers that you need. Like it will tell you absolutely what's working. It'll tell you what's not working. It'll tell you what you need to do more of. It'll tell you what you should do less of. It'll tell you like everything that you need to know is boiled down into the data. And that's one of the reasons why we have, like, we have a session each month in design a skill called the data date call. And we all get on this co-working session and we look at our data and we compare what's happening in one business to the other. And we see if we can like leverage the insights from one person to the next. And like, what do we have to do more of next month to get more out of our business? What do we have to do less of so that we're not wasting time behind your desk? Like your data is so important. It is like, I don't have a good analogy for it, but oh my God, if you're not it's looking problem at- solving, right. I always just think as an entrepreneur, you're a professional problem solver and you cannot be going and looking for someone to spoon feed you answers. What you need to be doing is going to people that are going to help you become more resourceful and become a better problem solver, right. Get yeah. the skills you need to be able to solve the problems. If you don't understand how marketing works, you don't understand how social media works. It's be hard to solve those problems. Right. And so looking at where are you not good at solving problems in your business learning the hard skills that you need to be able to even come up with new solutions. And then you're going to have to come up with your own ideas, right? So we're doing in my business, we're doing a live show every week where I'm doing a panel, interviewing a panel for the podcast. And then we're getting the people that are on the podcast to email their list about the podcast in exchange for us having them on the show and promoting it. No one fucking said to me like, hey, if you want to grow your email list, like here's a strategy, right? It's like, I had to look at my business and be like, I need this amount of people coming in. How can I get that amount of leads? What could we be doing that would provide value? I wanted to provide value to the people that were already there. I wanted to make the podcast better. And I wanted something that would bring more leads into the business every week in between the live events, right? So those were the problems I started looking at at the business. And we tried a lot of different things before we found this. And guess what? We put that up and it didn't work right away, right? It was like, oh, well, people are coming on the show, but they're not promoting, right? Or, oh, they're not promoting, they're promoting, but they're like doing a bad job promoting. They're not actually getting any people to sign up or click. And so then we had to go solve those problems, right? And 
we're just always going to be looking at how do we get more leverage out of that? How can we get the guests to send more people to us? How do we reward the best guests? How do we find better quality people? How could we pitch um, better quality people for the show? How can we make the show format better? We're going to continue problem solving that to get it to bring more and more leads, to get it to provide more and more value to the audience and to keep solving those problems we were trying to solve at a higher and higher level, right? But if I had just went to somebody and been like, tell me how to lead gen, like, that is a, I think like a very unique solution. I don't see a lot of people doing that me and the team came up with, with our own brains, evaluating the problems that we had. I'm not saying you guys need to do a live show, but you need to look at what problems do I have? And then come, don't look at what everybody else is doing either. That's my other advice. I'm like, do something different for the love of God. <laughs> like just do I need something different. <laughs> yeah. I think Anybody who's in the design to scale community and who actively gets coached from me, they'll know that I say this all the time. Well, they'll come with an idea and I'm like, perfect. And they're like, do you think it'll work? And I'm like, I have no fucking idea. I have, have no clue to work business. Your business is different than mine. It's an idea. The problem you're solving is leads. The problem you're solving is sales. The problem you're solving is this. Like the only way to know is to test it. With that being said, though, I do have a question for you. And I think we'll wrap it up with this one. Okay. The question I get asked all the time. We obviously know and understand that like in order to know if something works, we have to test it and we have to problem solve. We have to continually problem solve it. When do you give up on an idea? Um, That's a good question. I mean, I think, I think there's always a way to make things work. I think you've got to just decide like, is it worth it to you? Right. Yeah. And so I always think there's no right or wrong decision in business. And this is where I think people get tripped up is, is kind of like when I give up an idea, on an idea, it kind of sounds like to me, like, how do I make the right decision about this? And there's no right or wrong decisions, really. There's just like, do you like your reasons? And so if I were coaching someone and they were giving up on a strategy, I would be very curious about why do you want to change it? Right. And what are your reasons? And if, if it's like, oh, I've tested it a bunch of times. I have good data. I have this other idea that I think might work better or might get us a better result or be better for our clients that I want to test. Like that's a good reason. What I see a lot of people do is they strategy hop. And so they'll do like, they'll be like, I'm going to do a challenge and they do a challenge and they don't get the result. And then they're like, okay, that didn't work. I'm going to do a webinar and they do a webinar and that didn't get the result. And then they're like, okay. I And what I tell people is I'm like, I just fully expect everything we do. I just don't expect instant results. Yeah. Right. And so even with the live show, like we've been doing it a few months now, and it's taken a lot of time to get the systems in place for getting the speakers and recruiting them and figuring out how to stream it. And now the next step is going to be like to get more and more leads out of it and leverage it. I just really expect like we'll see the fruits of all of that like a year out. I just don't expect to like launch a show and all of a sudden have all these leads come in the next month. I don't expect to do a new launch format and all of a sudden just expect to make all this money. So I really am like, you should try something. You need to try something for at least 90 days, I think. And then you can evaluate and kind of look at, do I want to continue this way for 90 more days or do I want to adjust? And that's usually what I advise people do because most entrepreneurs, you know, they're like, I'm going to have a membership. Oh, that didn't work. I'm going to have a course. Oh, that didn't work. I'm going to do a mastermind. Oh, that didn't work. And it's like, they never take the time to actually figure out any of it, right? So just reaching for new strategies all the time is a huge mistake I see people make all the time. And it's like, they never take the time to do the problem solving to actually make something work. And I just, and you could tell me if you think 
agree with this or not, but I just don't see very many instant results in the business. Like I really think it takes nine months. I think the things we're doing now, we'll see results nine months, a year out. And a lot of times the launches too, like we have people come to my launches now, people are taking longer to buy now. They're not pivoting as quickly as they used to, right? So they hang out in the community for a year or two years. Somebody just joined the mastermind and she's like, I've never commented on Faith stuff. I've never been involved in the Facebook group. I've never participated in a launch. I've I've been listening to the podcast for two years and I joined the mastermind. It happens all the time. All the time, right? And so a lot of times when you guys see people doing big launches, it's like, yeah, but I've been nurturing those people that joined for a year for free. I've been getting them free results with the podcast and the live events that we do sometimes for a year or more before they're ready to buy. And so I think part of it is like people looking for instant results, not looking at a long enough timeline and then not doing the work to problem solve. The reality is like, if you can't sell in a challenge, you're not going to be able to sell in a webinar. You're not going to be able to sell in any really sale. You're not gonna be able to sell in a funnel. You're not going to be able to close one-on-one either. Like you don't have, you are missing a vital sales and marketing skill. Either your marketing is off, your product is off. They don't want what you're selling. You're not good enough at selling it. Um, And changing your launch format is not going to fix those problems. You're going to have the same problems. And if you don't spend the time to figure that out, you'll just keep playing out the same result in a different format. Yeah, I would say, and like we started off on this conversation too, where you were saying, you know, like in the early phases of your business, you can try all the things and you can move quickly and you can put all the different ideas. But I think at the level that we're playing, where we both run multiple six figure per year businesses, the the decisions that I make today, I will see the repercussions of about six to nine months from now. And I'll start mm-hmm. to see the repercussions of those probably about three months from now, if I'm consistent, but if not, like I'll never see the result. or some random shitty month will happen sometime in 2024. And that'll actually be the result of the action that I'm taking today in this moment in time. Right. And it's, yeah. I think people underestimate how long it takes to actually see the result of something that you do consistently. And I think people are afraid to kind of be in the in-between of like when you're taking that consistent action and actually getting to the result. And a lot of people quit in there when that's when you need to like really double down and continue like just pushing forward, even when you feel like it's not working, because there are people sitting there silently on social watching. There are people listening to your podcast who have you've never talked to before. And just because you can't see them, just because you don't see all of that magic happening behind the scenes, doesn't mean it's not there. And if you give up on it, then what? Like you're showing them that they don't matter, that they And you're not not developing the problem solving skills you need to. I'll give you like one more thing I think that's really interesting that's related to this. And it's this this thought I see people have a lot and it's, I would call it like a sneaky thought because it's a thought that a lot of us have. And it's like, Oh, this feels like really useful. It's like a really good, this is really like a good useful thought, but it's sneaky because it it actually does the opposite of what most people think. And it's the thought, the number one thought I see that does this to people is the thought. I don't want to waste my time. Right. So they're like, they're like, I don't want to keep doing this strategy if it doesn't work because I don't want to waste my time. And all that thought ever creates is like you wasting your own time. Right. So it makes you slow to execute. It makes you doubt yourself all the time. You're like, I want to make sure I do it right. I don't want to waste my time. Right. And I'm like, oh, that seems, it sounds great to us. Right. We're like, oh, that sounds like very useful. But when you play out what that does, it makes people unconfident. It makes them hesitant. 
it makes them over research, over consume, over doing the courses over because they're like, I don't want to do any take any action and waste my time. And I'm like, yeah. no, you should waste your fucking time. Like, exactly. like you should get in there and try some things and have it not work. And if you're not willing to quote unquote waste your time testing things and having it not work, you're never gonna get where you want to go because you're yeah. always ever getting the outcome you want or the lesson you need to get the outcome you want. But if you're not willing to do that process, what are we doing here? Right. And so I don't know any entrepreneur that just knocks it out of the park 10 out of 10 times. I have stupid ass ideas in my business all the time where I'm like, oh, they're going to love this. It's going to be great. It's going to be huge. It's going to be the biggest thing we've done. This is amazing. And then we test it. And I'm like, oh, that, that did not go how I thought. Right. But I'm like, but what can we learn from it? How do we make it into something that does work? Why didn't it work? Getting curious, looking at the data, coming up with some problem solving ideas, and then running that sucker again or running a better version of it. That'll always get me where I want. But if I just look at that and I'm like, oh, didn't get me the outcome I want. I just wasted my time. Oh, no. Like, I don't want to waste my time. It's this huge problem. Like, that is the the biggest place I see where people stay stuck is this thought, I don't want to waste my time. And it's like, no, you should you should waste your time. You're going to have to fail. Like it is required for you to try shit that doesn't work. You're not going to get, you're just not going to get the outcome you want any other way. And you, something I say all the time is like, you you don't get it right. Like there is no right, like get the word right out of your brain. There is no right way to do it. There's no wrong way to do it. There's just the way that you do it. And the results that are, that come as a result of that doing and what you do with that information that you gain. Right. And if, that's the perspective that we take, then you are never wasting your time. So long as you are doing something that you love doing, that you think provides value to the world, that you are going to be proud of yourself for doing like that, there's no way that you could possibly waste your time or somebody else's, right? Like you have to do it. There is no other way through it than to, to than to do, right? And I think Nike had it, you know, just do it. Like they- you got to collect the data. I'm always like, you got to get numbers on the board, right? If you come to a coaching call and you bring me data, you bring me numbers, I can help you. Yep. And I'm not worried about the people in the community, you know, and we, I coach a lot of people that will come on the call. Um, and sometimes they're very disappointed. Like, and I totally get that. That's fine. Like, and you know, they'll come on a call crying because their launch didn't go how they wanted and I'll help them process that. But I'm not worried about those people. I'm worried about the people that are not making the move, that are watching all the calls, that aren't in the game, that aren't risking failure, that aren't risking feeling disappointed, that are just watching and waiting and trying to do it right. Those yep. are the people that I'm like, they're not figuring it out. They're not getting any closer. They're just trying to quote unquote, not waste their time and make sure they do it right before they do anything. And they're never going to get anywhere. The people in the game, I'm like, I, if you are disappointed about a launch, I'm like, I can coach you through that. We can look at your data and we can get up and we can run that sucker again and we can figure it out. And there's solutions here, right? If we have data, we have numbers, I can help you figure out what's going on and how to get what you want. But if you don't give me any data and you're just sitting around watching a bunch of programs and courses, thinking about your business, people also confuse like thinking about their business as working, right? Most of the people that I coach that are like, oh, I work so hard, I work so hard. When I audit what they're doing, they're outputting a fucking incredibly small amount, like yep. incredibly little, they're doing almost nothing. And what they're doing is thinking, they're thinking really hard about their business all the time, which is exhausting, right? Not testing anything. They're trying to be like little fortune tellers is trying to like forecast the future of how this is all going to play out. And that's all very exhausting. So they feel like they're working very hard, but they're outputting very little. And what I'm yep. trying to get people to do is to I'm like think less, <laughs> do more, get the output, get some numbers on the board and let's go from there. But you got to get yep. in the game. It's like either yep. get in the game or what are we doing here? Like this is just not going to work. 
super interesting too, because I think, I think that sentence, like it kind of changes slightly when you get to different levels. Like, for example, like I didn't think at all when I first started, like the first few years of my business, I was very much like, do, 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 do output, 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 output. Let's look at the data, whatever. Let's get the doing done. But then I think when you hit that like multiple six figure level, there is a little bit more time that you have to think about things and the outcome of things and the repercussions of things. And so it does kind of take, there's a weird tipping point, I think around like that $200,000, $300,000 a year range where you have to stop the doing so much all the time and actually pivot a little bit more into the thinking but if y'all yeah, are... i agree with that if you're not doing six figures though you just need to be you just need to your ass off yeah you just need to be moving you need to be moving fast you need to be unattached to the outcomes but looking at the data to see what you can do better and a really good example of this too is like one of our um we have a celebration thread in design to scale where people can celebrate their wins personal business doesn't matter like it's just always there and available and one of the celebrations that came through on there yesterday was um a woman who essentially was like, you know, I was telling myself the story of like, it's not working. Like my social's not growing. Like my income's not growing. Like my leads aren't growing. But I looked at the data because she was prepping for the data call tomorrow. And she goes, and my email list grew by 3%. My engagement is up by 10%. You know, my sales, I actually had more sales this month than I've ever had. And the webinar maybe didn't convert, but I got people to the landing page and I got sign up. So like, I know now where I need to fix things next time I run this webinar. I know what I need to do more of. And I'm like, yes, please. Like louder for the people in the back, please. Yeah, this is just what human brains do, right? Human brains are super good at this. So this is why it's important to look at the data because you've got to be aware of what is fact in your business and what is your story, right? So there's your data and then there's your story about it. So I'll see this all the time, you know, in the mastermind where somebody will come on a call and they'll be like, oh my God, I did a launch. I only made two sales. It was a huge disaster. They're crying. They're upset. They're like, I only did two sales. I've been at this so long. I just feel so discouraged. And then someone else will get on the call the next week and they'll be like, oh my gosh, Faith, I just had to tell you I launched and I made two sales and it was amazing. <laughs> so there's like that data point that's like two sales, right? So that's the data point. And then yeah. there's your story about it. And you want to be very clear about what is the data and what is my thoughts about it and the story. And then are you telling, I heard someone call it a scary tales the other day. Are you telling a scary tale or a fairy tale about that? You just want to know like, what is the actual data? And then what is my story? And if you don't have the data, our brain will just fill in the blanks with our story. Right. And so her story was like, the business isn't growing, but you just want to be aware, like, is this based on the data point? And just be also be aware that the data point doesn't actually create your story because somebody else could have email list growth at 3% and be like, I suck. I'm a loser. I'm never gonna be able to do this. And someone else could have the exact same data point and be like, oh my God, I'm winning. Like, hello, Coraline, I had to come on here and tell you I'm winning. Like, look at this, look at me, I'm doing it. And so you just want to be aware, like your story is completely subjective. Like you don't, the data is neutral. So it doesn't mean it's good or bad. It's just data. And then there's your story about it. And that's really where I like to coach people is like getting your brain on board and looking at what is the story you have around your data and how do we keep you in a more useful story pattern? Because that's what I think really will impact people's results. I did the same thing with my podcast. I used to tell my old assistant this all the time, like probably like once every six months, I would call her up and I'd be like, let's stop doing the podcast. The podcast sucks. Nobody listens to it. Nobody listens to it. It doesn't even do anything for the business. And she's like, the podcast grows 
month after month consistently. It's like one of your biggest platforms. But I never looked at the data and I didn't get any comments from people. And so all I was doing was like recording, dropping it in the Dropbox for the team and moving on. And I was like, this is doing nothing. Like this isn't my brain made up this story that was like, the podcast is stupid. Basically the podcast is a waste of my time. Right. But she would send me the data. She would send me when I started doing that, she would just take a screenshot of our data and drop it in the group chat and be like, here's the podcast growth. And, you know, and it was pretty linear. It was like going up every month. And so you just want to make sure you're making decisions. Like I was saying, like you want to know what are your reasons for changing and do you like those reasons? And you want to be aware, is this a reason I'm making a decision I'm making based on data? Or is this a decision just on my own story and narrative? And I get people to clean up their story and narrative and then make decisions about their business. So that way they're clean and we know what's going on here and why we're making choices. Level-headed and making strategic decisions versus emotional ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Faith, where can people find you, hang out with you more. I know people are going to be obsessed with you. So how can they, how can they work with you? All my stuff. Yeah. All my stuff's at faithbrian.com. I have a free training up there. I have my weekly live show. You can watch the archives from that. It's on the blog. I, we also put it on the podcast. If you want to listen to that, I'm on Instagram. I have a Facebook group, but the links for everything are at faithmariah.com. So just head over there and pick your poison. Perfect. I'm going to link her up and her Instagram and her YouTube in the show notes for you guys. So you guys can follow her. I don't know if you check your DMS. Do you check your DMS? No, you can email the team if you need customer service stuff. You, the best place to like get a hold of me if you have like a business question is the Facebook group, but I just they don't. I draw this boundaries of anyone I know when it comes to social media, and I absolutely admire her for it. <laughs> I have ADHD, so if I go in those DMs, it's game over for me. That's all I will do all day, and I get, I'll, I get too many. I just don't have the capacity or time to do that. And I always say, like I, you know, where I am in my business, it'll change in the different seasons, right? When I was had a smaller business and I only had a hundred people in the Facebook group, I used to go live and answer any questions people put in the Facebook group live. Right. But I'm not in that season of business now. I have a much bigger audience and a lot more people that need my energy and attention. And so there is like a hierarchy of people that get my attention. And it starts with like Matt and my dog and my family. Right. And then under that is like my team and the, and the people close to me. And then under that is like my paying clients. It would be like yep. if, if, when I had one-on-one clients, my one-on-one clients, my small group clients, and then the mastermind, and then um, the free Facebook group and the social media. But the reality is like my time right now is, is so maxed out that there's not like a lot of conversations happening in the DMs or on social anymore. I do do free coaching at the free live events and I have one of those coming up in October. So you can come get coaching from me. Then definitely the podcast, you can get help from me from the podcast, but I have to have ways. And this is like my advice to people is like create ways that people can get support from you and plug into you where you're not going one by one. Right. So I create pieces of content, like the live events and the podcast that can help many people, but it's not taking tons of my time. And so I can get more results for free for more people. And but that's a season of business I'm into, but that's why. Yeah. Love it. I love it. I love it. Is there any parting words you want to leave our budding entrepreneurs with? I think this is a real opportunity and just make sure you don't sleep on it. There's a lot of people, you know, that love to run around being like, 
online business doesn't work and it's a scam or TikTok's a waste of time or this or that. And like, you just want to ask yourself, do those people have the results that you want? And all they're doing is being like, here's some crappy thoughts I have about social media. Here's some crappy thoughts I have about investing in a business. Here's some crappy thoughts I have about this. Do you want them? And they're just (laughs) offering you their thoughts and their results are created from their thoughts. So if they do not have results you want, do not borrow their thoughts. You only borrow thoughts from people that have the outcome and the result that you want. And guess what? Nobody making multiple six figures is going around being like, there's no opportunity here and TikTok sucks and like the internet's a waste of time and you, I can't do it. No, like no one's thinking that that has the results that you guys want. So just yeah. look at where am I, whose thoughts am I borrowing and borrow thoughts from people that have the results that you want that are going to be useful to you and move you towards that goal. And you can create anything you want in life. It's, it's amazing, right? Just start small, keep at it. Just keep your, I'm always like, keep your thoughts, feelings, and actions lined up with the result you want over a long enough period of time. You can get fucking anything you want. It works 100% of the time. It's not easy, right? But but it just, it just does work, right? Thoughts, feelings, actions lined up with the result you want. I see a lot of people doing the action. They'll post on social media, but then they're thinking, this is never going to work. I suck. I can't do this. This is a waste of time. No one's watching my stuff. You're doing the actions, but your thoughts and feelings are not lined up with the result you want. It's thoughts, feelings, actions lined up with the result you want over a long enough period of time equals whatever you fucking want to put in that result line. And that's that's how I've gotten every result I've gotten in my life, just doing that. And I'm going to do it all the way to a million. So I love it. Faith, thank you so much. I love you. You're like a sister to me. I'm so blessed that I get to spend time with you. And so nice. (laughs) So thank you so much for being here with me today. I'll make sure that all of your links are in the show notes, guys, follow faith, get in her energy. Her mindset is unlike anyone I've ever met before. And she's worked for a very, very long time on it, which is why her mindset is the way that it is. Um, And she's a very valuable, incredible person person to be plugged into. So plug into her as much as possible. Join her mastermind. It's incredible. I used to coach in there way back in the day. The experience is truly unlike anything I think I've ever seen before. And I just love you very much. So thank you, Faith. Thank you. Hey guys, if you're listening to this episode right now and you're feeling stuck in your business, like you just can't get it to go where you want to go, or if you're listening to this and you're realizing you need a serious overhaul and how you're thinking and your mindset and you're ready to do that work and create some incredible results, I can help you do that. And I help people do that all the time inside the Becoming Boss Mastermind. This is a mastermind for all levels. You're not too new. You're not too experienced. No matter where you are and what you're doing, the things that I teach in the mastermind will help you create results in your business and in all areas of your life. It's very powerful and very effective for creating change and creating results. We have a ton of evidence of that. So if you would like to be part of this incredible transformational community and experience, I would love to have you. The best thing to do is click on the link in the show notes and get on the wait list. Go ahead and click the link, get on the wait list, and I will see you guys in the next episode.